What is going on, beautiful, magnificent human family, earth family? What a privilege and honor to be with you today. We have another fantastic episode for you. We have none other than Elizabeth April. She is a cosmic intuitive channeler. So we are going down the rabbit hole today. Buckle up. We're going to talk about alien human hybrids, the Anunnaki ascended masters, and so much more. Um, We talk about... uh, doing past life progressions cosmic disclosure uh the denisona the denisova cave in russia contact in the desert um genetically manipulated dna the galactic federation anti-gravity the coral castle the grand awakening the anunnaki nephilim jesus ascended masters the work of jeffrey dougherty buddha and other ascended masters the mandela effect how to have peace and so much more. This is a deep episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. If you want to support, please take a screenshot. Tag me at Matt Belair. Tag Elizabeth April as well. Let us know where you're listening, what you liked, what you have questions on. Um, take it all with a grain of salt. It is some pretty mind-blowing stuff. I invite you with any time going through uh, rabbit holes this deep to do your own research. Start looking stuff up. Start exploring. Start asking questions because um, there's a lot of fascinating topics um, covered here today. Um, also, if you want to leave a review on iTunes to support the show, that is really helpful. I want to thank Trey very much for leaving this review. He says, the best podcast ever. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Um, full of interviews with people who are who really dive into reality and spiritual growth. This podcast has plenty of awesome and precious information for those seeking awakening. Matt Belair goes down the rabbit hole himself and shares so many teachings. This is my favorite podcast. So thank Thank you so much for taking a moment to leave that review. They help immensely. Uh, but the best thing that you can do is to do one kind act today. If you want to support the show, uh, do one kind act for another human being today. If you want to support on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. It helps immensely. And I want to thank Yuri who gave a donation. I get those rarely, but they're really cool to see and they help a lot. So thank you, Yuri, for um, tossing a few bucks my way. It really helps me uh, keep this going and, and buy groceries. I would also like to thank my podcast sponsor and partner, the Himalaya Podcast app. They're free. They're easy to use. They're an excellent way to listen to podcasts. You can organize your podcasts. There's an easy way to discover new podcasts. You can make curated playlists with multiple shows and uh, multiple episodes all in one spot. You can communicate and connect with other podcast listeners. So it's fantastic. Go check them out on the App Store. Um, It's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A and make sure you give the mastermind body and spirit show a follow when you are over there Um, last but not least those of you guys who are interested in coaching you want to dive deep on consciousness spirituality peak performance um, you want to live a more balanced fulfilled life you want to uncover your life purpose or soul's mission and you would like some help doing that just hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching fill out the form and if you are an organization and you want to do some training for your staff whether it's mindfulness peak performance or anything like that just make an inquiry at matt at zenathlete.com happy to help you out design a a custom program for what you need um, help you or your employees with exactly what you need you just got to let me know because um, there are a lot of different ways we could go so that wraps this up thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate you let's get into a state of coherence before we start the episode so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath 
and just let it out slowly, filling your cells and your muscles and every fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, personal empowerment, connection, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Elizabeth April. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a cosmic intuitive channeler who has the ability to go into other realms and dimensions in order to gain access to information through vibration and visuals. By having the ability to explore past lives, she works with individuals who want to comprehend their past, present, and future. She is fascinated with anything within the topics of spiritual awakening, cosmic disclosure, and quantum physics. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth April. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I love divine synchronicities, and it's very clear that we needed to connect. And we just discovered as well that we're both Canadian and literally from like 20 minutes away from each other in Canada, like not even a different province, like literally we're neighbors, which is so cool. So it's always nice to connect to uh, other fellow Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I when I was introduced to you, it was funny because you came up in my field a few times. It was like, check out her work. So I'm so wrapped up in the podcast where like the guests are now coming to me, but I try to explore other people's work and what they're doing. And you come up a few times and I'm just looking at what you're putting out there. It's really, really interesting. And it is very fascinating that we're literally like 20 minutes away, you know, the same town. Now you're out in LA traveling around and, and doing all kinds of stuff. So for those of uh, like my audience may not know you or your work, do you want to give them a little bit of background on who you are, what you're working on, and what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I was younger, um, I had clairvoyant abilities, so the ability to kind of tap into ghosts and spirits and visually be able to kind of see energies and auras and chakras. Uh, so that was really cool, and luckily my parents were really supportive of me and, and what I could do uh, when I was younger. My mom was a little freaked out at times, but really, really still supportive. And uh, and then, you know, growing up with those kind of abilities, I found a couple of friends here and there, but typically quite outcasted uh, most of the time. Eventually, around the age of 10, I decided to shut down all of my spiritual and clairvoyant abilities. I got really heavy involved into like sports. So literally anything from kickboxing to karate to um, what else did I do? Volleyball, soccer, rugby. I mean, you name it. I tried it. Snowboarding. Of course, I love snowboarding. And, uh, and so I really love that aspect of this world. Um, but when I was 16, I started to really question things again. I started to really kind of look around me and, and, uh, and ask those big questions that no one really seemed to have the answers to, right? So I would go up to my friends and say, hey, like, have you ever wondered if there's anything else? Like, if there's if this is all that there is, right? And they're like, what do you mean? We can drive, like, let's go party. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and then eventually, you know, through my seeking and, and my own internal exploration, I landed on something called past life regression. So I ended up getting a past life regression when I was 16. And it really just blew open my world again on like, wow, like this is not our only lifetime. This is not our only incarnation. I went through about five or six past lifetimes. I was different genders. I was different religions. I was different cultures and I was all over this world. And so that really kind of blew the lid off of simultaneous 
time. It blew the lid off of um, reincarnation. And it really was just kind of opening that can of worms for me to get really excited about if this is possible, what else haven't we been taught in society that is also possible? And that's when I started to really give a lot of past life regressions to other people. And then I started exploring past lifetimes, you know, with people being trees and animals and even fish and plants. And then, and then I questioned, well, if we have lifetimes on this planet, what about lifetimes off of this planet? And that's when I started to regress people back into lifetimes in other galaxies and even other dimensions and in other incarnations on other planets all over the universe. And then, um, because not everyone is able to be in that trans-like state and let go of their ego state, you know, and that autopilot programming, sometimes it was very difficult for me to get that person to where I wanted them to go. So I figured, well, if I can put someone else into a trance-like state, I wonder if I can do that for myself. So just in that moment, around the age of 18, 19 years old, I started to really meditate. I put myself into that trance-like state. And I was able to essentially separate my ego, my autopilot programming, my human as Elizabeth April from my consciousness. And all consciousness is, is that connection to pure source. So all of a sudden, you know, 18, 19 years old, I had absolute untapped ability to tap into any knowledge and information all across the universe. But something that I've been really kind of honing in on, right, just like you mentioned, cosmic disclosure, I love letting people know that aliens do exist and that that is possible. But I also really love talking about the science behind everything that I can channel, right? The vibrational frequency aspect of this physical, binary, crazy, limited, but also limitless world. Um, so yeah, so, and then, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've gone back into childhood, I went through a hypnosis regression session when I was 24 and I realized that I was actually abducted between the age of four and 13 about six times by these gray beings on board a ship and so all these memories started coming back to me very vividly at the age of 24 as far as why they took me when they took me what happened all of the telepathic conversations I had with them all came rushing back to me and it was really beautiful I mean the all my abduction experiences have been quite beautiful and uh, a lot of them, you know, especially in childhood, had to do with them teaching me about energy and consciousness and vibrational frequency and electromagnetism and what is possible within the limitations of this reality, but what is also possible outside of the limitations of this reality and how we can actually merge the non-physical world with the metaphysical world the non-physical world with the physical world. Um, so yeah, so that's a little like overview of, of uh, you know, who I am and, and how I've gotten to this place in my life. And, and now I have clients all over the world, uh, especially through social media and like this beautiful online presence that come to, uh, to seek me out for my ability to tap into their cosmic family and their past lifetimes and and really their soul's destiny and soul's missions. So that's what I help people out with one-on-one, -on -one. but mostly if I could just talk all day and release the content and the information that I explore in the universe, that's what I wanna do. Like that. I just wanna talk, you know, or write books or whatever, but as you know, there's just not enough time in the day. So, uh, so yeah, it's a little overview of, of who I am and, and where I've come from and how I got to where I am now. 
Oh my God. I'm just imagining like my listeners who don't know who you are just thinking like, how am I supposed to ask you a question with all of that? Um, <laughs> it's like, where do you, where do you begin? Well, actually, you know, I'd love to begin with like, okay, alien abduction is a huge thing. Most people yeah. think and, and believe it's uh, negative. You know, uh, Travis Walton case is a very popular case. I met him. I believe him to be completely honest. Um, yeah. You know, wrote a book and he goes around talking about it. There's also uh, Betty and Barney Hill. And they talk about being on the craft and what they saw and these different things. Um, and then you've also got another one um, Bob Lazar, who I think is legit as well, because there's a lot of stuff out there and you'll probably find this in like UFO disclosure, things like that. If you go to contact in the desert or you watch guy, it's like a lot of stuff. And then you have to filter out like, okay, yeah. you know, what, who is experiencing it directly? What, what's happening? What correlations right. can I build? What stories yeah. line up with the, with other stories? What stories are lining up with what we're finding? So Graham Hancock has never been an experiencer, but has done such magnificent research on finding civilizations that are uh, over a hundred in his recent book. He talks about a civilization being over a hundred thousand years. And I think it's the, the Desanova or Desanova mm -hmm. cave. Denisova, Denisova cave. And um, they think it's over a hundred thousand years old. And Clifford Mahoudi, Mahoudi and David Lone Bear have said that our history is like it's 20,000, but it's actually, there's been humans and interaction for hundreds of thousands of years. And this is uh, indigenous wisdom. So that's a lot of words. And um, do you want to just respond to that before I ask a direct question? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I was kind of taught, let's just say taught by the universe at a very early age, at around the age of 16, when I started to reopen myself, um, was no external research. So this is one of my greatest strengths and simultaneously one of my greatest weaknesses. So for me, I don't do any comparison. I don't do any research. And it's really funny because, you know, I'm one of the hosts of Contact in the Desert and I'm going to be interviewing all of the beautiful, incredible, world-renowned speakers in this field that I'm I'm so passionate about but because I don't do any external research I don't really know who David Wilcock is you know what I mean I don't really know George Norrie yeah okay coast to coast cool you know and the guy from like ancient aliens like those are all cool guys but I've never seen their content I have no idea what's out there and once again, it's my greatest strength because everything that I know to be true, I've channeled straight from the source I've experienced it I've gathered that knowledge through past lifetimes and countless sessions so I'm kind of doing my own research back here, right? Uh, but the greatest weakness part of that is um, I don't have anything to compare it to, right? So it's cool when someone reaches out and say, hey, like, have you ever um, have you ever read Nietzsche? Oh, you sound like Nietzsche or Plato. Yeah, all your concepts sound the same. And one of the books that I'm actually writing right now, not to get too off topic, but it's basically compiling the top 15 most influential people in human history and quoting them, right? But scraping away all of their perception from everything that they've believed and everything that they've taught to say, hey, we're all talking about the same thing. As long as you have that connection to source, you take away the perception, you take away the projection, you take away the ego, and we're all just saying the same truth, right? And that's why deep down, whether you think I'm absolutely crazy for having these experiences, there's something in you that's going to resonate with the information that I have because it's, I'm trying to make it as unfiltered as possible. Right. So, yeah. So it's really cool that, um, 
there's all these other people out there and you are definitely one of those people who does the research and puts it all together. And I would love for someone to come by and say, hey, everything that you talk about can actually be mirrored in quantum physics. And I've had that situation many times talking to other physicists. So that's really cool. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's great to have that objective um, third-party comparison, but I don't do that um, too much in my own kind of field, right? So what I know is what I know, and that also limits me as well. Hmm, interesting. Well, it actually, it's very similar. My first mentor, um, and I think his podcast four and seven is Michael Lozier. And he wrote the book, The Law of Attraction, and it blew up after The Secret and yeah. really great guy. And I remember I was learning from him and I was studying. I was like, hey, have you read this book? He's like, I don't read any other books. I was like, are you serious? I was like, you wrote a book that sold millions of copies and you don't <laughs> yes. read any books? He's like, he's like, no, it's just like, I just want to um, you know, yeah. go through what I'm like experiencing, what I understand. So it's kind of congruent. So I can, I definitely get it from that part. So yeah. then I have to explore your ideas and thoughts and, and rattle it in my own brain. And so if, if there is this access and this knowing, and um, you, you probably have tons of great videos and a lot of this content, but I guess I'd start with the biggest question is like, what do you think is actually going on here as far as like either human existence, um, cosmic disclosure with the, with the whole disclosure thing mm -hmm. now, from my research is definitely like, and I've had experiences too. I've never been on a spacecraft okay. yet. Looking, you forward, know. looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've definitely had, you know, very direct um, UFOs, unidentif mm -hmm. unidentified flying objects, orbs real close to me twice, yeah. three times, well, two really close ones, but not, not ships. I didn't see a physical ship. So okay. that being said, I'm just curious your thoughts on if there is ET contact and they're here, like, what do you think's going on with this whole thing? I've got like the Barbara Marciniak, which says like, you know, this earth is like the living library and they're, they're coming and going. Um, the indigenous people say different things. So what the heck is your take on the big picture? Yeah. Okay. Well, what a loaded question, right? I mean, I could talk about this for hours. Um, but, but really briefly, two things that, I, that I've been obsessed with since I started opening up the ability to channel pure information, right? And you really hit it nail on the head. Two things. Why and how? Why and how? Why are we here? Right? Why the universe in general and how? How does it work? So the how aspect is more of the vibrational frequency, quantum physics, really understanding this hologram, this simulation, which I really believe that we're in, but it's not a scary thing. So yeah, so the how is more quantum-based um, and more scientific. And then the why is way more theoretical, way more philosophical. And I would say that I am way closer to the truth on the how than the why, because the why is still filtered through my own perception as Elizabeth Aper, right? I still have that limitation. So I'll kind of briefly answer both, I guess. Um, so why? Why are we here? Why humans? Why now? And why alien contact, right? Like we are this presumably third dimension, lower vibrational frequency, human species out there in the big wide universe. Why do we have 12th dimensional beings? Why do we have ascended masters? Why do we have you know, the Palladians, the Octarians, the Anunnaki, why do we have all this cosmic activity for this lowly little ant-like species? That's been my biggest question ever, right? Now, I've always had a feeling that we're an experiment, always, but I didn't really know how to put my finger on them. Now, recently, and I could go into tons of experiences to kind of build this understanding, but, you know, unless you want to dive deeper, we can go there. So my understanding is that we are, we are indeed an experiment, so interesting. Um, we are a hybrid species. This is my belief that like, and I just want to let, you know, everyone who doesn't know me also know that because I can tap into something I like to call the fifth dimension, 
okay? Because I can tap into this limitlessness of the universe, the fifth dimension does not contain or limit me to space or time, right? Which means that I can actually travel back into time to see the hidden human history. I can also travel forward into time to see where we're going. Forward is a little bit more complicated because there are many different parallel realities that are all potential possibilities in the future. The past is very easy to tap into because it's like, boom, it happened. But a lot of things we weren't taught and told. So I went back into the hidden human history, um, you know, ancient civilization, Sumerian, um, ancient Egypt, you know, these kind of things to see what was going on. I started to see that uh, there was a lot of interdimensional beings who were walking around with human beings, and they were actually um, genetically manipulating our DNA to advance us. Now, initially, it was the Anunnaki who advanced us um, in their own kind of image, and they advanced us genetically so that we could be better slaves for them. And that's really all they wanted of us. It's really interesting because when I took, I've been taking a look at the Anunnaki uh, history, um, they've actually created these slave races all over the universe to mine you know, this gold or to work for them in a sense. But even though we were created under one pretext, we were actually created for the greater good of the universe. And I'll kind of get there. So yeah, so Anunnaki, but we have over like 25 different um, genetic DNA um, strands within us from different species like 25 different species have created us over time and it's cool because even science says we have 90 percent junk dna which i think is absolute bullshit right so why do we have 100 percent dna if we're only using 10 percent of it right it's because of the suppression the control in society so anyway so i believe that we were genetically created you know once again under kind of a slave pretext but then uh we developed and we grew and now if you take a bigger step back and i tune into the galactic Federation quite often. Um, the messages that I've received from the Galactic Federation are that human beings on planet Earth are a part of this huge peace treaty prophecy. Okay, And the prophecy states, this is information that you probably won't find anywhere else because once again, it's just directly from the Galactic Federation. And the prophecy states that um, there's going to be a species, a lower dimensional species, so a more dense species, that is going to have the capability to advance faster than any other species in the universe to get closer to source, to basically advance, develop themselves. Now here we are, we're in the middle of hopping from the third dimension frequency to the fifth dimension. That is absolutely unheard of. That's like an ant on this planet evolving to be a shark. You know, it's just unheard of, like that kind of hop, especially in this density, right? But the reason why human beings are able to move from a third density state to a fifth density state is because we have 12th dimensional DNA within us. We have eighth dimensional DNA. We've got Palladian DNA. We have Anunnaki DNA. We have gray DNA that's in the sixth dimension. Of course, we have reptilian DNA. We know that from the reptilian brain. I mean, that's already pretty obvious. And that's fourth dimension density. So we have a third dimension body and we have otherworldly other dimensional DNA that's a part of this uh, third dimension body and so we were prophesized to, to basically say 
we can have the darkest species in the universe, such as the Anunnaki and the reptilians, and we can have the brightest, the highest vibrational species in the universe, say the angels and the Palladians. Um, and if we mix those DNA together and human beings can prove that they can get along, then the Anunnaki and the Palladian can get along in the universe. It's like we are this like microcosm of an experiment for the macrocosm of the universe. If we can all get along, then we are the peace treaty. It's like we are acting out this peace treaty. And then, of course, you've got the reptilian agenda trying to suppress us so that, you know, the Galactic Federation doesn't win the war. Like, it's just, it sounds like a science fiction novel. It really, truly does. Um, but to be honest, like, that's my life. And like, that's the kind of shit that I channel all the time is why? Why are we here? And that's like, in a summary, that's really what I've concluded is we are these hybrid beings. Um, all these species from the entire universe, whether they are, they are a part of us or not, they're watching us because this is like the biggest experiment that's ever gone down um, in the universe, you know, and, and we're here, we're at the precipice of really moving into that higher vibrational plane. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's the, that's the why, you know, why us, why now, why here? Um, why are these intergalactic ambassadors coming to this planet to give us information right it's like it's like the queen ant is like giving the ant colony information to advance their dna it just doesn't really make sense like why not just leave us to our own devices but no we're here to really advance ourselves um, energetically vibrationally and help the rest of the universe while we do it have you ever heard of anything like that before Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, good. <laughs> like, okay. On. Yeah. Oh my Amazing. goodness. Okay. Well, there's a lot. There's probably 40 questions I want to ask. <laughs> the hop. Okay. Let's start with, let's just start with this. Okay. Egypt. That's the first place that I'd go okay. back to. So yeah. you talk about um, genetic modification. There was a guy there. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's released the the uh, okay. studies, but he's a biophysicist and he's brilliant. So I went to Egypt with the Resident Science Foundation. Is a bunch of engineers, astrophysicists, mm -hmm. physicists, just okay. everything. And they were talking about all kinds of stuff. They're talking about how the heck do they think the pyramids were built? We're looking at all yeah. this strange stuff, this incredible engineering. Um, and I've heard several times that our DNA has been manipulated. And apparently one of the physicists there found, like, found that actual... Uh, smoking gun somehow in our DNA found the point when our DNA was manipulated. I don't know if that study is released, so I don't want to say who it was or, or whatever the case was, but apparently it's very, very solid evidence that we have now found that. So um, there's a lot of other things, but what I'm curious about, if you go back in time, did you stop at who built the pyramids? That's what I want to know. That's the thing of who mm -hmm. built those, who built the pyramids? Because I love seeing online when they do the reconstruction. Most people, I learned a lot there. But one of the most exciting things that I learned yeah. was that we look at the pyramids and they're all kind of busted and it looks like steps. There was a second stone. All of them had a casing stone. So they were completely flat. Mm -hmm. There's two stones. And so when they were perfect as they are, it is absolutely unbelievable engineering. And I'm just curious if you stop there. That's if I could go back, be the first stop back. All right. I got what is happening. Absolutely. Yes. So um, mostly I would say it was like a combined effort. Um, technology was involved and the Anunnaki were involved, which were basically just the, the giant humans, right? Anywhere between, to be honest, 10 to 40 feet tall, these beings were, right? Th those are the Anunnaki though. And then of course the Anunnaki bred with the humans and they created, I call them demigods because I don't know what else to call them, but they're basically Anunnaki human hybrids. And those beings were more around 10 feet tall, right? So those are actually, you know, 
the children of, you know, that kind of interbreeding. Anyway, and so the Anunnaki, the reptilian, and the humans basically put in the labor, okay, behind the uh, pyramids. But most of the engineering was obviously interdimensional, and it was mostly built by um, a, a, an anti-gravity technology device. Now, there's other kind of people on this planet who have actually reclaimed knowledge of this anti-gravity device. I believe there's some guy somewhere out there who created this giant rock garden for the love of his life, and he, he used the same anti-gravity technology that was used to create the pyramids. It was like, it almost looked like um, a giant machine, and it could have even been uh, attached to like a UFO or a spaceship that was hovering over the spot of the pyramids um, to, to help create it. But what I really wanted to know, and I do have the answer for this as well, is why? I mean, why the pyramids? What were they really used for? They weren't fucking tombs. Like, come on, like, let's be real, right? And so, um, so a couple of things, right? So there's a crazy amount of electromagnetism around the pyramids. A couple of things to note. The pyramids were exactly, exactly created on ley lines within this planet, right? And the ley lines are basically energetic meridians that the planet has. When the meridians cross over, it creates a vortex, just like the chakra system in our body, right? And then when that vortex is created, it's basically, it could be used for teleportation. It could be used to open up a stargate. It could be used to manifest something. Something. It could be used to create concoctions. Um, it could be also used for electricity, right? So um, the pyramids were a giant technology device. It wasn't some building. It wasn't meant to be a building. It was a technology. And it could heal people. It could um, basically light a city if it wanted to. Um, and it just harnessed half the power of the meridians and the grid and the ley lines as well as um, astrology. But then it also utilized things like uh, natural materials that were found around there as well. I think magnesium or some sort of uh, conduit uh, was also used as well inside the pyramids. So, so yeah, so that's, um, so that's the, the how from what I understand. And then the why is uh, for a variety of different reasons, but I look at the pyramids more as a technology um, than anything. And also I haven't fully explored this yet, but there are really deep underground caverns um, in uh, Egypt as well, and maybe possibly one of the pyramids also leads to the underground or inner earth. So I, I haven't explored that yet, but I did. The one time I was like uh, viewing astro traveling around uh, Egypt, I, this was like a couple months ago, and I said, um, where like, where do I need to go? Or why am I being drawn here? Right? Because I just closed my eyes all of a sudden, I'm like in this desert, and I'm like traveling around, like, why am I in Egypt? Right? And then all of a sudden, I see the giant sphinx in front of me, and I dive into the earth, like it's just all intuitive. I go into the earth, underground the Sphinx, like underneath it, there's a giant room. I'm like, what? Where am I right now? And there's like a bunch of, um, I don't know if it's like manuscripts or like stones or tablets or information, but there's something buried in there. And my guides basically said, go back there when you have more time, right? So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but there's something there. There's definitely a room underneath the Sphinx and it has some information that I don't think has been touched by, by human beings, but you can also, uh, have they found a room yet? Have they found a room underneath the Sphinx? Well, Man, there's just so much there. Yeah, it's really interesting. So when, when I was in Egypt, um, they said only 20% of the plateau has been um, excavated. So there's still 80%. And they say there's probably wow. more underneath than you yeah. see on top, similar to an iceberg. 
Yes. Many of the people there said there's something under the Sphinx. Um, I've heard different theories on okay. that. Um, really interesting stuff. And yeah, definitely uh, they weren't, they 100% were not there to hold mummies. Like that's, uh, you know, that's not what it was for. It's some sort of uh, very advanced device. And I guess I, you have to look it up. There's the work of Alan Green, who does some incredible mathematics on the pyramid. I think the, the King's Chamber works out to the speed of light or somehow it's mathematically works out to the yes. speed of light. So there's a lot of different theories on that, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. And there was a place, they called it the hospital. I, I think it's the Seraphium. And uh, you go there and they have these walls and then there's a a square cutout, you stick your head in the square cutout and you can feel the vibration. There's nothing there. It is literally just a wall. And the gods are like, you know, you don't need to do anything special. Trust me, you'll feel this. You stick your head in there and it's pulsing a vibration. And apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, just like heard from like, could be, I don't know if it's true, but when we were in there, we actually had technology with us. Um, and apparently the Russian government asked who was in the pyramids when we were in there because there was a pulse of energy. And a lot of the, uh, <clears throat> the physicists, when we went there, were saying, this is, this is something. Like whether um, you could travel to other planets, whether um, it was yeah. mass energy, whether it was multiple different things. But all of that lines up with definitely what you're saying. So you definitely not random buildings. And it made me think about, um, yeah. I think it's Aaron, Eric Von Donikin. He does a an episode on Gaia TV and I think it's a tower of Babel and uh, is it Babel or Babel? I don't know. Um, but it talked about the Anunnaki reign and things like that. And, and Gerald Clark's done a lot of very interesting work on Sumeria. Then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Sumeria pops up. Then we've got these King's tablets. Then you've got um, agriculture and math, like out of nowhere, out of absolutely yeah. nowhere that this comes. Yep. And so yep. really, really fascinating stuff, but all of it leads to some sort of, um, influenced by another race, whether you want to call yeah. it extraterrestrial, you want to call it alien. It's just like something happened and it's not just like monkey into human with, with nothing else. You know, there's something there and there's enough um, information out there to, to get you curious to know that whatever the story we're being fed is, like kind of when you were younger, I can empathize with that because um, I was questioning everything as well. But my original question was like, how do we still have war on this planet? You know, nobody yeah. cared about like, they, we, I was looking at the news and the paper and just what people would talk about. I was like, nobody think that this is completely frigged up. Like this is yeah. a frigged up story. What is actually happening on this planet? So let's, uh, you can touch on any of that if you wish. And this is so exciting because I love talking about just ancient civilizations, ETs, pyramids is like my favorite thing. Um, so if we move into like the physics of it or what you were like, how, what are you doing with studying like quantum mechanics or physics or things like that? Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you discovering? The most that I know is yeah. going through the uh, resonant science foundation course on physics and they're nice to you at first. There's a lot of stuff that you can grasp and they're like, if you would like to go further, here is this. And I was like, Oh my God. And then Robert Grant comes on the podcast and he's, he does a math course. He's like, Oh yeah, dude, the number three is easy. And I look at it, my brain is just like, no, like it's not having it. I maybe took in like 2%. So my question would be, what have you learned of like importance in that film, uh, field of either metaphysics or quantum mechanics that can help a person improve their existence here in this great mystery? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to, um, explain a really funny story. When I was going to university at McMaster, I was on a bus, like going from the university back to my residence or whatever. And 
when I was on this bus, I had this like gentleman come up to me and says, Oh, like, that's a really cool tattoo. Like this, this one that's on my arm. And I said, Oh yeah. He's like, Oh, is that Greek? And I'm like, Oh, it's Greek mathematical, you know, symbols. Right. And he's like, Oh, cool. And he's like, does that say, what does that say? And so I explained, you know, um, these equations for the universe, right. This, and I said, um, and he's like, Oh, that's really interesting. He's like, where did you read that from? Like, where did you get that? I'm like, Oh, I channeled it. He's like, you channeled it. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I just tapped in and I got the information. He's like, okay, would you like to like, grab a coffee sometime? I'm like, sure. So me and this guy sit down. Turns out he's actually a physics professor at McMaster University. And I just sit him down. Like, I'm like 18. Like, I just started to master travel. I started to open up, you know, the quantum universe and like just explore and have fun. So I was so excited to sit down and tell someone everything, you know, that I'd been learning in my dream state, you know, and this and whatever. And he's like, oh, you're talking about entanglement. Oh, you're talking about simulation. Oh, you're talking about the matrix theory. Oh, you're talking about this. I'm like, oh, am I? Am I really? I'm like, yeah. And then last night I was being taught about oscillation. He's like, oh, yeah, that, that applies to this, what you said there. I'm like, oh, okay, that's really cool. So that was like the first time that I realized that I actually was channeling quantum physics without having you know, any idea what exactly the theories that I was channeling. Now, once again, greatest strength, greatest weakness. Um, one of the best things about not learning quantum physics, you know, and it was funny too, because he's like, he's like, where did you get all this information? And like, I just, you know, I just channeled it. And this is a physics professor. Like, he's like, what do you mean you just channeled it? Like, he had no idea. So I really opened up his mind, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so the cool thing about not being uh, classically trained within the field of quantum physics and quantum mechanics is that I don't have any limitations. I have no limitations whatsoever. Oh, but, but if this theory says this, then that's not possible. I don't have any perception of what is not possible, which means that I can just have the universe as my playground. Anything is possible uh, when I start to really tap into it. So one of the things that I've been really um, channeling recently, which is kind of weird, um, is the works of the universe. Now I see everything, everywhere I go in the universe, every piece of information that I download, I see it visually. And I'll kind of explain uh, what it would look like. Like, I don't know if, you know, if you've ever seen one of those maps of the world and the internet that goes from here to here to here to here, like kind of, and also if you take a look at the neural networks in our brain, right? So the neural transmitters that kind of fire off, it looks the exact same, but it, it comes to me as like a pure white light, almost like a, a transparent milky color, but in the universe. And there's these lines, there's these energetic ley lines within the universe similar to the energetic ley lines on the planet, right? And just like there's energetic ley lines and meridians, even in our body that intersect, there are energetic ley lines and from what I learned from another really cool physicist that I spoke with for like six hours at my last conference, Brooks Agnew, he was saying, hey, you're talking about flux lines. I'm like, oh, flux lines. He's like, yeah, we actually study flux lines in the universe. I'm like, oh, so they're like the ley lines on the planet. He's like, yeah, I guess I never really thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah. So, um, so there's these flux lines in the universe. When those flux lines intersect, it creates a portal. It creates a stargate. It creates a vortex. This is what UFOs and spaceships all over the universe actually uh, teleport in and out of. They have to find one of these ley lines in order to pop in and out of different densities, different dimensions, and even different locations all over the universe. 
So what I've been doing is I've been tapping my consciousness into the neural networks of the universe to receive information. And I've been really understanding the microcosm of the aspect of this physical third dimension density right here and mirroring that to the universal aspect of the macro, right? So the flux lines of the universe are similar to the ley lines on this planet. The ley lines on this planet are similar to the vortexes, the energetic meridians, the chakras system that we have in our own body. So I want to let everyone know that if you understand the chakra system and you understand how energy works as a vibrational frequency, and if you start to understand everything in existence, especially and including physical things as a vibrational frequency, then that's it. You understand the universe because all the universe is, is different vibrations of different frequencies, right? One more thing I want to mention about that, um, without getting too technical, is um, quantum physics states that two vibrations of a different frequency, okay, two vibrations of a different frequency cannot coexist in the same space. Think about it like this with the radio frequency, right? 99.1 cannot be on the same channel as 107.2, right? It's just literally different vibrational frequencies. So what's happening on this planet, what the awakening, right, this grand awakening that everyone's talking about, what this is all about is just simply a raising of the vibrational frequency on this planet, which is forcing all of us to shift into that higher vibration. Now, before we're able to awaken, before we can really shift and increase our own vibrational frequency to match that of the planet Earth, we need to purge out all the lower vibrational shit, all of the, the energy that does not serve us. We need to let go, right? We need to let it go. And that means uh, traumas, energies, even old, old, old karma of that time that you killed a guy in a past lifetime, that has to come up in order to release so that we can be energetically liberated so that we can can gracefully and easily, you know, coast into that fifth dimensional frequency. And that's what we've really been noticing. Every single person, whether you understand quantum physics or not, you have been noticing that especially since 2016, we've all been forced to confront that dark side, that shadow side, that ego side of us that no one really wants to look at. We've all been forced to confront that because by 2020, we should all be raising that vibration um, to match the planet. And I don't know if you've ever looked into the Schumann resonance, uh, but it's basically the measurement of the vibrational frequency on this planet. And I think a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, it shot from 7.25, which is typically the normal vibration on this planet, to like 120 and every it, it was in march that's what it was march was a crazy month i don't know about you matt but like march was a crazy month where everyone got triggered i was like putting out fires i was on call left right and center and i was trying to put out my own fires in life i'm like what's going on and then someone's like hey the schumann resonance just shot up i'm like oh right we're all being tested are you ready for this new vibration and the second that we're tested with that high vibration we're tested with confronting all of the low vibration stuff within us that no longer serves us. Does that make sense? I mean, that's literally all quantum physics, but just stated in a very easily digestible way. Right. Well, 
I was with you for a lot of it, probably got lost there a couple of times, but I'm, I'm back around. You, you made a lot of, <laughs> lot of different points. Um, what it reminds me of is um, when I spent time with Clifford Mahuti, he was a Zuni elder. Uh, he does a really long talk, but he also talked to me about it is uh, the Hopi believer moving into what they call the fifth world. And mm. as a remnants of what you're sharing. And I've heard it, I've heard it like said in a lot of different ways. Like when I was younger, I used to think that, you know, when I thought about awakening or consciousness or my own evolution, I was like, my mind must be stronger than it is right now because this is craziness, but there's got to be more. So that's when I was looking at hypnosis and uh, meditation yes. and consciousness and, you know, and, and brainwave states and different things like that. And that's why I went deep into meditation and all that stuff to explore what, where does this like where do we draw the line like the men who stare at goats is so great if you've ever seen that movie where um they're doing um remote viewing and the one guy's always trying to run through a wall you know it's just like where does it stop where does this like mm -hmm. physical world and and our ability to heal or ask to project or whatever where does that stop what's that limit with between human species in general or just the individual and what we do know from quantum physics is that matter is not actually matter it just disappears and reappears as it wishes when we finally get it down to the smallest thing it's just like all right we got it it's like oh shoot it's just disappearing and then appearing over there damn it like we have no idea what is going on here so um oh yeah and i wanted to just um for people who are listening the coral castle is what you were referencing before is the guy that recreated he moved all these heavy uh, stones by yeah. himself he's an old man and they found these really weird um tools in his house and uh, they're all aligned to the stars perfectly, just like Egypt is uh, aligned mm -hmm. perfectly. If you look at it on the planet and the stars, it's, you know, there's a four hour documentary and on that. I can't remember each one, but it's, it's ludicrous. So yeah, yeah. definitely um, a lot of, a lot of what you're saying, I, I've heard of and understand it in, in a little bit of a, maybe a different way, or I guess my question would be, what do you think an individual should do? Like at this point in time, a lot of people are, you know, I, I say we're, we're in this world and it's so challenging, you know, mm -hmm. to um, just survive, make a life, uh, make an impact on your community, to um, discover your hopes and dreams. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to work this job that I hate because I need to make ends meet. But ideally, yeah. we want to be moving towards a life that we're inspired to live. Like if it, yeah. if it is a simulation or a magnificent mystery or there's ETs or not, one thing we do know is that we are alive, that we have senses, that it is a magical experience and that if we can embrace the mystery and, and so many people are in like anxiety, depression, fear, confusion, um, just getting by. So with, with all of this stuff, um, what would be your recommendation for just tuning into themselves and feeling more empowered, to feel more connected, to feel closer to spirit uh, or anything in that nature? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, this is basically what I teach right now all the time, even though it's not necessarily what excites me the most, but it's what people need the most. And when I just go off on my own little kind of tangent, I mean, I think maybe, um, I don't want to say I'm over people's heads, but sometimes, you know, I just, it's a different vibration. That's all it is. So the number one thing that I would recommend for everyone right now, and this is a very, like very serious thing that everyone should really kind of take to heart or maybe even write down, I don't know. But it's really important to step it up, right? To really step up your standard for everything in life. 
life can no longer be just blah. That's not what we're going into. That, that feeling of complacency is not sustainable, right? So going into this fifth dimension frequency, anything that isn't serving you, even remotely, okay? And, and I love looking at the biggest things in life, which is relationships, romantic relationships, um, work, your career, um, living situation, Right? And your, in, your own interpersonal connection. Spirituality doesn't even need to be a part of it. But the number one thing is that you are following your excitement in every single moment and never convincing yourself that, um, oh, well, this is fine for now. Why ask for anything more? I'm just okay. It's no longer okay to just be okay. That's a third dimension frequency. And I, I have to make this really serious for everyone because if you resist this and you, and you don't follow your highest excitement and you and you don't love yourself in every single moment unconditionally right and you continue to attach yourself to labels and expectations within your own life you will be kicked into the fifth dimension right so you could resist it all day long but at a certain point in time you're going to lose your job you know why because the universe is making that choice for you because it's not at your highest vibration you are raising your vibration your job's vibration i'm just using that as an example is down here eventually because that no longer resonates with your vibration two frequencies cannot exist in the same space one of them is going to be kicked off either you're going to continue to live a very unhappy unsatisfying and miserable life unfortunately or you can raise your vibration get excited over everything in life like the fact that we can drink fresh water from our tap like that's something to be excited about right so the more that you are excited and in appreciation in every moment for what you do have the higher your vibration raises and essentially every other aspect of your life also has to shift to match that highest vibration. It is now the time no longer to settle for anything in life. And people, you know, I hear this all the time, Elizabeth, but I don't know what I want, right? A lot of us are in this liminal, okay? I let go of the partner, I've let go of the job, I've let go of this, that, and the other, um, but now what? Now I don't know where I'm going, right? I'm just like kind of a chicken with its head cut off. And, uh, and so follow, follow your excitement, right? Really tune into yourself, Really take the time to check in and say, have you slept enough? Are you well fed? Are you well hydrated? Okay, great. Now that the survival is in the past, what else do you want to do? What's an exciting hobby that you can pick up? What's something creative that you can express from your soul? You know, It's time to really step up in all aspects of life. And if you don't consciously choose to step up, and if you're not listening to all of the red flags that are going on around you, then something's going to happen and the universe will create that for you. But just always keep in mind that you are the universe. You've created your own contracts. It's not your jo job. It's not your boss. It's not your husband. You know, it's not your wife who's forcing you to do anything. It's you. Ultimately, you have the free will. So step it up and follow your highest excitement and tune in with yourself to even know what excites you in the first place. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. With the question of asking people, you know, it's like, what do you, what do you want? And there's like, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. I was like, how have you not ever thought of that? I was like, <laughs> well, I think about that all the time. Um, for me, right. it's been a balance of learning to be content with where I am as I grow, mm -hmm. because I think that yeah. humans are like trees and plants or anything else in the universe. You grow when you're eight yeah. years old, you have different goals. When you're 12, you have different goals. You get better mm -hmm. at things. You're constantly growing. But if you need to have that thing, then you're going to be discontent. You know, if yes. you want to 
compete with the 14 year olds and you're only 10, you know, it's just like, just compete with the 10 year olds and be okay with that. And then there's something that happens, you know, 15 to 20, we're going to pick our jobs and our whole lives, you know, because we know that in, in high school, we know what to do for the rest of our lives. But between 20 and 30, it's just like, oh, we kind of know something, but we're still in the mystery and we're still growing. We're still learning so much. But the key I think is to connect with something that you're passionate about, that you're excited and not to let it die, just to move mm-hmm. towards it because you can improve that situation. And I've seen it more times than not where the universe, I say it's like if you have a path and it's like your soul's purpose or calling or your mission or whatever you want to say, um, if it's like a straight line, when you're so off the mission, it's like a rubber band and you can only stretch it so far mm-hmm. before it goes boom and it just resets you. And you're like, now I have yeah. no job. I have nothing now. What do I do? Yeah. And it's just like, well, you've been asking for this. You need to reset, yes. figure out what the heck you actually want to do. So yeah, I definitely resonate with that. And I kind of wanted to um, go back into the deeper stuff because you've said the word dimension and also density. And the mm-hmm. I the where I became familiar with that was the um, the law of one material. It's very fascinating stuff. The Book of Ross, it's some bonkers stuff in there. I don't know. But uh, it talks about density versus dimension. Do you distinguish those for yourself or are they one and the same for you? Mm, I would say for me, I kind of, um, I kind of mix them. I, I would say that they're one and the same. The third dimension, I also consider the third density, right? So the density of the vibrational frequency um, is a factor in creating the dimension. So the lighter the vibrational frequency, the faster the vibrational frequency, the higher the vibrational frequency, right? The, the higher the dimension. So the density creates the dimension. That's, but that's just what I've channeled and, and, uh, and how I view it. Okay, but I cool. also, you know, semantics and, and language is so limiting. So the number one thing that I try and do in all of my seminars and webinars and even sessions and videos is define, 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 right? I almost, it's a little redundant defining things every time, but even the word love is so misconstrued in society that I have to, you know, just in my, one of my last live videos, I had to redefine love versus unconditional love because you can love a lot of things, but a lot of people don't even think about what unconditional love is, which is love without attachments, love without conditions, right? It's like loving a person, not because he's your son, but because he's a person that you love, you know, not, not with the conditions, just with the unconditioned. So, so yeah, so redefining everything is, is super important, especially in this field, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I think has been in the back of my mind because I think people are curious about this one is, you know, in the research that I've done, um, the Anunnaki come up quite a bit. And uh, Gerald Clark, who's been on the podcast a few times, has written a few books. This, this son of a gun used to work at IBM shooting information through a wall. He's a very smart individual. And, um, you know, he tracked the Anunnaki back further than Zachariah Sitchin did and wrote a couple book, okay. books on it. And so cool. I think the last, the last podcast I had with him, he just made me feel despair. I couldn't figure out what it was. He just was like, just sharing this stuff with me. It's like, Gerald, like, I feel, I don't even know what the word was. And then somebody wrote it in the comments or like, you feel despair. I was like, that's exactly what I feel. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what to think right now. Um, but yeah. for people who are exploring UFOs, ETs, other civilizations, you know, alien life, you know, if you look up enough stuff like 
Bob Lazar documentary uh, just came out. And again, he talks about spacecraft. You can look at uh, SETI and MUFON. And you, there's a lot of fake crap out there. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of baloney. Mm -hmm. um, but there's yeah. a, you can find real stuff. If, but it takes some digging. And you got to give a crap. Yeah. And you, if you don't give a crap, don't even worry about it. But you're probably thinking about it if you're here now. So the question is, are they good or bad? How many are, are they here right now? Are they not here right now? Are they good? Are they bad? Because if you go down the Anunnaki rabbit hole, it's like, oh my God, right. these lizards are not ideal. <laughs> these, these, right, right. They're not nice. I don't, I don't like these. And the flat earthers also, mm. I don't know if you know this, but the flat earthers say one of the part of their model is that there is no space, right? And then they hijack their minds and they're actually, they're in the ground and they made us think that they come from space. I don't believe that, but I was like, that's an interesting point of view. I hope not. Super. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so, but I hope not. Um, okay. So yeah, so lots to talk about here. Um, it's so funny because about two or three weeks ago, I had, you know, a full day of sessions, right? So maybe like four clients, five clients from all over the world, right? Guatemala and Sweden and whatever, Australia. Um, and, uh, and so in the same day, back to back, these two sessions, two people, brand new clients from different places in the world. Uh, one, like they both had these Anunnaki, these crazy Anunnaki lineages, right? So one of the things that I tap into, uh, for an individual session is who are you really, right? Like, let's just strip away the container of being a human in this impermanent moment. And let's really deep dive into your soul and see what species you most resonate and connect with out there in the universe, right? Like who are are you really? And, and most of us have been questioning things are indeed these much more cosmic beings than we are physical human beings, right? This is our human existence. This is our cosmic existence. So yeah, anyway, and so in the same day, I'm tapping into both these clients were Anunnaki's in past lifetimes. So in even just exploring these past lifetimes, I learned something new every single day because I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was possible, you know, but that's what these Anunnaki beings were doing and the technology or whatever, the war or whatever. Anyway, so in the same day, back to back, one of my clients were like, oh, like I thought the Anunnaki were like super good guys. Like, I don't know, you know, why I would have done that as an Anunnaki. And I said, well, you know, there's good and bad in every species. And then the next session I had right after that, which is so odd because usually those are few and far between, uh, you know, another Anunnaki lifetime. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, like I thought Anunnaki were really bad. I, I, I can't believe I liberated, you know, other beings as an Anunnaki. I'm like, yeah, well, once again, good and bad in every species. And I'm laughing to myself, seeing these two very different perspectives from both of my clients, thinking that the same species is really, really bad or really, really good. Like the polarity in this universe is so apparent, especially these days, right? And so um, what I have to say about any species, any civilization is that there are good and bad in every civilization, every species, just like human beings, there's good and there's bad. Even within some of the darker, very dark species, like the draconians, uh, you know, reptilians, there's also good beings within the reptilians as well, which is a little bit hard to believe. Now, the whole flat earth thing, I just wanted to make a comment. A lot of things are like uh, the, the game of telephone, right? And that's the problem with society. It's like, oh, it's like, well, I heard it from this person. They heard it from this person. They, you know, like I'm the, the person that's good, like direct experience. Right? I don't want any of that projection stuff. But just when you said uh, about the flat earthers thinking that they came from the ground, like it's, it's, I've never heard that before. I haven't really looked into it too, too much. I know that when I astral travel, the earth is round. And I know that I go into space when I astral travel in remote view, right? Like that's just from my perspective. Um, but yeah, so about these beings being in the ground, I'm not surprised 
surprised that that would be hearsay or that would be through the grapevine because at a certain point in time in our history, and this was indeed back in ancient Egypt, all of the beings who were not human were kicked off of this planet, okay? And this is part of the hidden human history. Now, part of the beings who, who were the draconians, the reptilians, they were around long before Homo sapiens, Homo erectus, right? Long before human beings were ever around. So the reptilians were like, kick us off our own planet? What are you talking about? We're native. This is our planet. You can't kick us off. So instead of the reptilians leaving off the planet, they were forced underground, right? They were forced inside these caverns in the inner earth. Um, and it's really interesting. And there's been a lot of, uh, what is it called? Like sinkholes recently? A lot of these, like, you know, I tap into the um, you know, I've predicted weird things like volcano eruptions and tsunamis and, you know, you name it, weird, you know, insights and visions coming to me. Uh, not really what interests me, but it comes to me anyway. And I was explained by the Galactic Federation that these sinkholes are actually the underground caverns of the reptilian draconian beings who were forced underground um, collapsing, right? So they're so old that these caverns collapse. And because there isn't anything to stop them, the, the earth or the water, whatever it was in that sinkhole, it just keeps going in and filling up all of the underground caverns. Right? So anyway, so I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised that the flat earthers think that there's something living, you know, or controlling us from underneath the ground because you know that did actually happen and, and a lot of them were forced underground and they still live under there today in these caverns and caves um, but also inside you know that inner earth so anyway so yeah so i don't know if i answered the question but some oh, well every time you go on a rant it just gives me another 40 questions i want to ask you and i have to figure <laughs> out which one is the most important um well it's yeah the the inner earth thing is is very interesting and it's a very common theory um, again, from the Hopi, there's a documentary mm -hmm. that Clifford did. I think it's called Journey to Sipapu, and it's basically um, the Grand Canyon. And mm -hmm. they found a bunch of artifacts and really weird things. And the government came in, and you can't go to these certain places. Wow. But in Clifford's history, he talks about that there was a cataclysm on the earth at one time that the humans had to go underground and it was actually the ant people that helped the native americans or the indigenous at that time um, and it's in their history um basically regain their uh humanity and their technology because they were they were underground for so long but they that's not how they they live so there are stories and history of things being underground and so that's definitely fascinating so with the Anunnaki, one another thing that comes up quite often is the Nephilim. I don't know if you think mm -hmm. they're one and the same. Are they different or both? Did, did they come up for you? And um, the Nephilim or the Anunnaki, you can look this up and find it. We have found giants' bones on the planet all over the place. And what happens in history, and what, 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 so I can talk about the Zuni because I know this from, for sure from Clifford, but when the Smithsonian and the uh, governments and the churches, when they were conquering North America, um, now if you go to where the Zuni sacred spaces are, where, where it had all their artifacts and things like that, they're now either a military base or mm -hmm. it's, there's something on it. So they, they've taken that and that's what the Smithsonian has done too. And I, I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, this is a good thing. I was like, no, well, you know, they came and then they stole a lot of our stuff and now it's <laughs> sitting there, you know? And so I actually walked through uh, a Native American museum with a Native American friend of mine, uh, David Senapass. And I just, from that perspective of seeing like, his like you know pain kind of you know and was just yeah. like they shouldn't have that 
they shouldn't have that. You know what I mean? Like this is so frigged up. And then he just explains like, what if like this was your great, great grandfather's, you know, and it was like his most sacred thing. And I guess at some point they started to sell them because they needed the money. And there's all these different things. Most of them are stolen, but then all kinds of craziness happened. Um, but the bottom line was that the Smithsonian and the Catholic church and the governments have found evidence of things being underground, very mysterious things that are not public knowledge. Um, there's a recent find in Mexico, I forget what it's called, but there's actually like alien artifacts. Um, and somebody looks up UFO find, but people, the, apparently the people were giving it to the government and like, hey, we found like these crazy artifacts and they look like UFOs and they look like all this crazy stuff. Um, and you can carbon date it to know how old it is. So you can know mm -hmm. if somebody's making it in China right now and that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but the government just took it. So then now it's being dispersed because the people realize not to give it to the authorities because they would just take it yeah. and not get any notice. So with all that being said, my question to you is um, I had... Oh, shoot, I'm blanking. Jeffrey Darty on the podcast, and he's a former evangelist. He says he has 100,000 Bible hours. He was going around ministering, and uh, he woke up when he did this, and he started to see what was going on. And he's like, wow. we did what – he has a lot of videos on YouTube that are fascinating, but he's just like, so Jesus was an ET. He's like, yeah, Jesus is an ET. He's like, that whole book is just one UFO story after another. So your mm -hmm. thoughts on Nephilim um, – Jesus Christ's uh, lineage? Like, do you, do you know about UFO connection in that thing? I've heard a lot of people around Jesus, the ET. Now for me, that's my current theory. It's like, it makes a lot more sense. He might've been an ET. Just read it. Mm -hmm. Read it as if like you go to a tribe that has never seen an airplane or then alone a UFO. How would you perceive what was happening? You wouldn't have right. the language. You wouldn't, how would you share this in a story? And if an yeah. ET wanted to come and help, you know, he'd probably be a nice guy and like come and help and you know, it just seems to make sense. So I'm just curious your thoughts and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the word or the term Nephilim is what I was regarding um, as the 10 foot to even 15 foot tall um, giants, right, who were a combination of Anunnaki and um, inhuman, right? So the combination of the Anunnaki and the human, I believe I call them demigods, but uh, giants. And the reason why I call them demigods is because a lot of the uh, Greek gods, Aphrodite, Zeus, I don't know, I don't know all the gods, but um, they're all Nephilim. They're all these demigods between the Anunnaki and the humans, right? So they were like huge, super strong, and they all had these really cool, powerful abilities. And they were actually just interdimensional beings who bred with humans and created these kind of 10 foot tall beings. I'm actually shocked that there aren't way more giant skeletons. And I don't know if it's maybe uh, too, like, uh, to beneath the sediment of the earth, right? I don't know if they're just all buried really, really deep uh, and we haven't found them, but man, they were, like when I go back in history, they were walking around with us. They had whole civilizations. They interbred with us like crazy. You know, I'm just shocked that they're, we haven't found more or they're just being covered up, right? So that's kind of my idea or ideology of that. I mean, of course, one of the things that I, I was really kind of creeping on, I call it creeping when I astral travel, um, because I creep on history and stuff, um, is, uh, is Jesus, right? Like, who was he? What was going on? What was really going on? And uh, that guy that you mentioned is absolutely correct, where it's just a lot of UFO and alien encounters, right? And, um, you know, with the angels coming down and blah, 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 you know, th those are all just kind of spaceships and encounters with, and angels are interdimensional beings as well. So encounters with these, uh, these beings, which is really interesting. So my perception of Jesus, what I understand him to be, 
yes, he was a hybrid, but I also believe that we are all hybrids because we all have that genetic DNA within us, right? We just haven't unlocked it. So I believe that uh, Jesus was a man, um, more with the Palladian DNA, more of a Palladian hybrid. Um, and if you go back into ancient Atlantis and Lemuria, they were all Palladians, right? And then the Palladians mixed their DNA with humans to help create us, right? It's just so wild. Um, so anyway, and so I believe that Jesus was uh, this hybrid human who basically had all of his DNA unlocked, right? He got to this point of being completely conscious, completely aware of everything, completely connected and tapped into pure source. And he got to this place that you've probably heard uh, Christ consciousness, right? And I believe that that is the fifth dimension. That's the place that we're all trying to get to. And he came with a lot of really great pieces of knowledge and wisdom. And I believe that a lot of the miracles that he did, he actually did. You know, I believe that you are able to walk even, not even just walk on water, but walk through walls. I believe that it is, you know, possible to take this water and change it into wine. I mean, when you really start looking at even quantum physics and the way that atoms work and the way that atoms work when you perceive them in a different way, we can create anything in this physical reality. And we need to understand that it's not God or a, a man that is untouchable or even an alien who can do all of these things. Jesus was just like all of us with the same genetic makeup, but he he had his more DNA unlocked than most people do today, right? So instead of having 10% of your DNA unlocked and likewise 10% of your brain capacity and your neurons unlocked, you can have 80%. I mean, imagine if we just had 20% of our brain unlocked or 20% of our DNA unlocked. Like what could we really do, you know, with that kind of capacity? And we all need to understand that Jesus was no different um, than you and I, right? No different than the rest of humanity out there. We can all get to that level. And that's, I think, one of his biggest messages that really got turned around. Yeah, interesting. Well, what it, what it's make me think of is uh, the life in, no, the masters, yeah, the life and teaching of the masters of the Far East. It's a very fascinating mm -hmm. uh, book series written by Bear T. Spaulding. And he talks about meeting essentially um, this guy who's going to take him to living ascended masters and it's six books and it's super fascinating stuff. So my question is like, you know, and in that book, they're talking about doing extraordinary things. It would be perceived mm -hmm. as a human with some sort of power, like to the level of Jesus, yeah. Jesus appears in this book, Jesus and Buddha appear in this book, which is fantastic. Cool. Um, so it's like super great. Um, you always want to read a book like that. So my question to you would be, um, what's your view on the ascended masters, you know, Jesus, Buddha, um, and do you think that this is what the quote unquote awakening is or moving into the fifth dimension is that one by one individuals will be able to experience this level of consciousness until it becomes a new norm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I basically my understanding of the ascended masters are just people right once again with with the dna that we have uh who got, raised their vibration to that that conscious level that fifth dimensional level and they all came through as um as messengers right for the planet to say hey wake up and unfortunately the planet right so these ascended masters these beautiful beings of light who came to this planet really high vibration at that time the vibration on this planet was still so low and even getting lower that all of their teachings most of them anyway were very misconstrued and i would say out of all of the religious practices out there in the world buddhism would be one of the closest ones to the way that it actually is, but it's still, you know, under confinement. It's still limited in so many ways, right? Um, but it is very close to the truth. So, um, 
yeah, so I believe that these ascended masters were just beings of very high vibration and uh, and definitely connected to to interdimensional beings and aliens. But the other thing too that I find that people are misconstruing at this time, it's like one layer of reality of like, okay, aliens are real and all of the the gods that came from the sky in ancient scriptures were actually aliens. Oh my God, amazing. So aliens are God, right? Then all of a sudden there's this other layer of like misconception that is now putting aliens and interdimensional beings on a pedestal and that's not right either, right? Aliens, once again, I don't care if you're a Palladian or an Anunnaki or a reptilian, they are no different than us either. They are simply a consciousness existing through the confines and the limitations of a physical body. That's it, right? And to be honest, we are actually even better than just a reptilian or just a Palladian or just an Anunnaki because we are the mix of all of them, right? So let's take our uh, fight and flight mechanism. Let's take our ability to be empathic. Let's take our ability to feel unconditional love. Let's take our ability to heal ourselves and others. Let's take all of these abilities and use them to the utmost of our capacity. You know, you could be a stay-at-home mom. You could be an accountant. You could be a life coach. You could be a dog and you can actually raise your vibration to that level and you don't have to do that for a living but if you really want to play with this life and you really want to live life to the to the best of your capacity you know it's time to start believing in yourself and understanding that you can get to that level too i hope so <laughs> i've been i've been trying really hard i hope so i think i think it, we're going to experience some absolutely phenomenal things in our in our lifetime you know if you look at the difference between 1900 and 2000 how much progress has happened uh, i read something a long time ago called uh past civilizations to predict the future but one of the things that it marked was uh the what we're having is this um technological um exponential growth they, they used a different term i can't remember it right now but exponential growth of technology it's not like you know, one and one and one, that's what's operating. It's like one. And then we're making a quantum leap, another quantum leap, yeah. another quantum leap. And it's just like, what the heck is going on? Like we've explored more about the universe than we ever had before. We know more than we ever had before. Um, yet we are still in the dark ages. I think as far as like mm -hmm. spirituality and war and poverty and things like that, which is really yeah. messed up. So I, th I would love to see peace. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, cause you've referenced it a few times. So I'm curious is what is the Galactic Federation? How do you communicate with them? What do they tell you? What are the most important things that they've told you? Is it one race? I, I, can, I, don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can say this. I'll say there is a, oh yeah, I'm not allowed to say it. Okay, I remember now. Um, but there's a, there's a human that I met, <laughs> maybe in Egypt, and it was on that <laughs> trip. And that person was, was told us that they were on a ship. And this is a very credible human being um, <laughs> to the max. And so he said he was on a ship and that there were many different uh, races there. He said there was over 200 and uh, mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap. Um, and so I think he was serious. So I'm just curious, what, how do you communicate with them? What do they say? Uh, do they have a message for humanity? All that. We'll start with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I started channeling, right. So like astro traveling, remote viewing, you know, receiving information downloads and also getting introduced to aliens. Um, I like I did a, a double major in communications and global political economy in university. So like I was really obsessed with like where does the power really lie within humanity with it on this planet, right? At the global level. And it's all money, right? Anyway, and so I was like really obsessed with politics at the time. It was 1819. And um 
And I was meditating in my room and all of a sudden this really beautiful seven foot tall, pure white light being, almost like an astral body came to me right in in front of me uh, during my meditation. And it was a male. Um, And I could just faintly like kind of see uh, like a very humanoid figure, but really broad shoulders, very tall, seven feet tall. Um, And he says, hey, you know, we have a message for you to relate to humanity. Uh, Can you please come with me? And I said, okay, sure. So I go with him and we ask to travel and we go up to the ship, this giant mothership that's hovering right outside of Earth's atmosphere. And so we go to the ship and he introduces me to this council, like it's kind of like a panel, but council. And, it, and there's this really elongated oval table in a room and the room's on the spaceship. And sitting around the oval table is about eight other um, Palladians. So now this Palladian who is astral traveled to come greet me, the astral body goes back into the Palladian, the physical body of the Palladian, right? So he goes back into himself and he says, oh, thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth. We have a message for you, right? So there are all these very good looking human men, mostly men, around this oval table and, he, and they basically tell me uh, telepathically that they are um, a part of the Galactic Federation and that they are part of the Peace Council of the Galactic Federation, which basically means that they are there to make sure that um, all of the laws of the universe are being abided. One of the biggest laws of the universe is the law of free will. So they're basically there to make sure that no other species in the entire universe is overriding any other species free will, right? That's the biggest thing. So I'm like, okay, cool, peace treaty. And then honestly, my human at the time, 1819, I was so shocked. I'm like, what, what is the Galactic Federation? They're like, oh, you know, it's kind of like your government on your planet, um, you know, and we make sure that everything's flowing and we've got the, the councils and we've got different sectors that do different things and we work with the hybrids and we have all these different species that work with us and all the other species that work with the Galactic Federation are the Alliance. Anyone, any other species who is not with the Galactic Federation is basically against them, right? It's like the polarity, the light and the dark. And so I was actually, like, I don't want to say I was pissed off, but I was... Um, I was shocked. I'm like, hold up. You're telling me that you're an eighth dimensional being, right? Like I, here I am as a human third dimension. You're telling me that you're an eighth dimensional being and you have to have a government structure. Like what? You're not beyond that. You're not above that. And then they went into telling me about this huge galactic war that's been going on for just millennia. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that you guys are fighting other beings in 10th, 11th, 12th dimension? I thought it got better, not worse. How are you telling me that there's a government structure in other dimensions and other realms with other species and there's still wars? Like I was so, I'm like, great. There's nothing to look forward to then. I thought aliens were it, but there's clearly nothing to look, it's just all the same shit in a different body. You know, so I was like kind of like pissed off at them, right? Anyway, so they were like chuckling and they're like, yeah, like this is just the order of the universe. This is just what it is. And then more and more that I channeled them and connected with them, I started to understand that that oneness that I was looking for, that simultaneousness that I was really feeling, and I was disappointed that there's not really that oneness in those other dimensions, um, and that oneness is without a body, right? The second that we don't have the limitations of a physical body, none of the binaries, none of the, none of the physics of this universe really kind of come into play, right? So that's really what I, I love connecting to is that oneness. But I was really disappointed that there's still these limitations and these categories and, and what have you. But 
the number one coolest thing that the Galactic Federation has told me. And, you know, in the past, I used to go visit them once a month. Um, to just say, hey, what's going on? What does humanity need to know? Now I don't do that as much because uh, information is just kind of streaming through me. But um, yeah, and then also the Palladians aren't the only beings in the Galactic Federation. There's an infinite number of beings in the Galactic Federation. I mostly work with the Palladian Security Council or the Palladian Peace Treaty Council. Um, Anyway, so back in 2016, they visited me and they said, we have something really important that we want you to let humanity know. And I said, okay, cool. So I go up to that room, I go up to the council and I'm with all my buddies, right? Because now they're my friends. And they say, okay, we want you to take a look at this. And they have this beautiful, big holograph, hologram projector, right? Kind of like a TV screen. And they're projecting this hologram and, and I see this planet, right? It looks like planet Earth. I'm like, okay, cool, planet Earth, yeah. And then beside planet Earth is a second planet Earth. And I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, well, we wanted to let you know that there has been a split in your reality. And uh, you need to let humanity know that the, your reality is splitting and that there's a choice to be made. And I'm like, what? And they basically go on to tell me about um, another kind of quantum physics. But um, basically, they told me throughout the last couple of years that back in 2012, CERN, and the Hydron Collider uh, destroyed the reality as we knew it. But that's okay, because um, not only did we hop into two very similar realities to our old reality, uh, but that was actually all prophesized to happen, right? CERN was actually meant to collapse our old reality. It was no longer serving us. So in a flash, in a second, in a blink of an eye, our old reality, everything that we knew, collapsed. And because our old reality collapses, fine, we hop into new realities in every moment, parallel realities. We, the whole planet, hopped into two very similar parallel realities. But once again, we went from a whole to a split. And what the Galactic Federation and the Palladians told me is that this split is two different vibrational frequencies a low vibrational frequency, the third dimension, and a higher vibrational frequency, the fifth dimension. The Galactic Federation told me that it was uh, not just solely up to me, but part of my mission, and definitely part of yours too, Matt, to get everyone to a certain point of awareness so that we can all liber liberate our own energy and vibrations to the point where we can make the choice between love or fear, between the fifth dimension and the third dimension. That's the point that we all have to make is which reality do you want to be in, right? Uh, which is really interesting. And then they told me some timelines and they said, by a certain time, you know, our old reality is actually going to collapse altogether. The third dimension frequency, that earth is going to collapse. And they showed me basically nuclear war uh, that happened on the planet on, in the third dimension density that destroyed the planet as we knew it in the third dimension density. Anyone who is unwilling to hop over to the fifth dimension is naturally and organically just going to pass away or basically be forced to hop in. So anyway, so that's basically what they told me in 2016. They're like, tell everyone this information and uh, make sure everyone is at the right vibrational frequency at the time where the third dimension density collapses and is destroyed. I'm like, hmm, great, awesome, what a great undertaking. But since then, I've done a little bit of, of study on the Mandela effect. And holy shit, you know, it's pretty wild how um, this is happening and everyone sees the symptoms, but not everyone knows why. And I feel like I have that answer of like why it's happening, right? We're just kind of cleansing out the old energy. We're shifting into a new vibration. When you look at everything as a vibrational frequency, it doesn't become 
confusing, it becomes very um, easy to comprehend. Oh, it's just another, it's just a new vibration. And our planet no longer is holding space for that old vibration, right? It's just a vibrational shift. So anyway, that was like the most important and incredible information that I ever received from the Galactic Federation. But I visit the ship often and it's pretty cool, the different beings and hybrid project and all the stuff that I look into um, for this planet. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Every time it's like, okay, where are you? Where do I, how do I start? All right. Start like this. Um, I'm glad you brought up the mandala effect because it makes sense. Uh, if that happened and CERN did frig up and I have heard that from a few okay. different sources that something did happen and it was not good. Um, mm -hmm. so interesting if, if that happened and earth third density got exploded because what is verifiable is that there was a missile that was launched um, toward Hawaii that just exploded. And I, that was a, I think it was about a year back, two years back now. And apparently mm -hmm. one was launched at China at that, at the exact same time. And I had information from a friend of mine that there was intervention and is a very yeah. credible friend. And um, apparently both of them just went boop and fell down. And so that's Twilight wow. Zone stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, so and, and 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 in one parallel reality, that did actually happen, right? The, it did. It did blow up. The, it's just so wild. So now I just want to like kind of plant a seed here, and then maybe you could, you have a question about that. So now what I'm doing in my own life, like just in my own like day to day human existence, I'm tapping into parallel realities that are happening in the present moment, and this is such a trip. Like my life is literally such a trip. So I'll be like sitting at my desk, right? Just do 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 do. Trying to imagine it. <laughs> my brain is right. like what? <laughs> <laughs> so so I'll be sitting at my desk doing emails, you know, whatever computer stuff, and all of a sudden. I will see myself get up, walk over to the fridge, grab a bottle of water, go back to my desk, sit down and keep typing away. Then I'll see myself split over and go to the bathroom and then I'll see myself come back. And, you know, and so I'm like literally tapping into all of the different parallel realities. Like, um, for example, I was on the highway or the freeway, depends on where you are, uh, the other day and um, this person cut me off. And in that instant, I went through the whole experience of having the car crash, just everything, the way that it felt, the, the bags, everything, and the aftermath and, and the police. And I, just, I, went, I went through all of it, and yet it didn't happen because I hopped into a parallel reality where it didn't happen. So what I love to do um, just in my own life is I love to like switch up my parallel reality, right? I love to like, okay, so my autopilot programming would have me do this in the next moment, right? I was just like, that's the reality that I've already chosen in this moment that I'm going to slide myself into. So instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take this pen, I love doing this, I'm gonna take this pen and I'm gonna throw it across the room and I'm switching up my reality by doing something that was above and beyond the autopilot programming. Then you get really twisted and you're like, wait a second, but was it already contracted for me to, to throw that pen across the room? Or did I switch up my reality, right? Was that the reality that was already preconditioned to happen? Or did I really just hip hop into a parallel reality? So is that like the chicken or the egg, right? What came first? So nowadays I'm just splitting my reality in every moment saying, what could I do in this moment? No, well, I could do this. I could do that. I could sage. I could go for a walk. I could do. And so I'm seeing myself literally split the realities and then making a conscious choice of I've got all of these options in front of me. 
which option do I choose right now? You know, and then you have full and utter control over your life, right? And then that's what I try and teach people as well. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> when you're explaining that, my brain was having a challenging, normally it doesn't have a challenging time figuring stuff out. I was like, all right. Okay. Imagining it. So are you saying that let's say I'm waking up and I've got my day or even my evening now, right? I sit yeah. in my chair and then I can say, okay, these are different things that I'd like to do. And then you go experience them and then make a choice. Yeah. So there's an infinite number of possibilities in every single moment, right? So typically without thinking about it, your day would be this, 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 and this. All of a sudden you're bringing consciousness into the present moment. You're like, I know that usually every day on Tuesdays I do this, this, and this, but what if I want to just you know, screw all of that and do something different altogether. What would I want to do? Now, because I'm clairvoyant and I can actually see things with my third eye, I will literally see the parallel reality simultaneously in that moment where I'm getting up and doing something different than the choice that I made in that moment. So I'm just seeing that, but most people don't see that. They only see the physical um, action and the choice of what they just chose, right? So instead of even making the choice, I can see all the different choices and me playing out the different choices and how that would play out for me. Um, and so then therefore, what choice should I make right now? Now, I'm not always tapped in to that extent because I wouldn't do anything. I'd just be like off in la la land, exploring all the different possibilities in every single reality, right? So anyway, so yeah, so infinite number of possibilities and we can choose to go through any one of them. And that's why consciousness in the present moment is super important of what is that choice that you're going to make? Are you going to pick up the beer or are you going to pick up the kombucha, right? You've got a choice to make. Um, and then you can get into why. Why are you making that choice, right? And you go deeper and deeper. But anyway. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got a little bit of understanding. Well, for me, like a practical thing that I'll do, and, and I wonder like some of the things that I do, um, if mm -hmm. if like, I don't want to say it's like an ability because I don't know, but I know that I've thought differently than, than everybody else. Like when I grew up, people, you know, my friends didn't really understand what the hell I was talking about, um, which is fine. But so, you know, when people will talk about like, oh, I had an awakening moment and they'll say, this is my life before and this is it now. And I'm like, I learned from that. I was like, because I didn't have that. Like I just, it was mm -hmm. just a little bit different. But really, I think the only different thing for me that I could really distill was that I knew for sure that I was being lied to. It's like, you, you officials are lying to me. I know that. <laughs> you know, this isn't the whole story, and it's probably yeah. not most of the truth. Um, there's something deeper. So I had like a spiritual sense of like, there's something in me that's deeper, that's infinite, that's spiritual, that's whatever the case is, and we're much more capable than we're being led. But one of the other things is I just wanted to know how I could help um, because there's so much frigged up stuff going on. I, I wasn't thinking about what can I get? How can I gain? How can I get more, more things? And so in developing certain mental skills, like being able to quiet my mind, um, like, so if I wake up in the morning, like I ask myself, what is it that I want? I can look at what doing the process is going to do. So it's like what you're doing, but okay. in a more practical, like I can, under, like, that's how I do it. But yours yeah. sounds like you're in a simulation, which sounds rad. Um, <laughs> but, but I can do that in like in my mind through visualization yeah. and understand. But I think that the big key is people don't stop and think um, mm -hmm. about like what they're doing. And you're talking about autopilot. You know, people yeah. will run whole lifetimes on autopilot. You will not, not only like a week, not a day, not a yeah. month, a whole life. And so yeah. 
when you're on the hamster wheel and this is run by like I call default mode, you know, it's just like you're surviving, you're in default mode. So you just keep going. It's so important to do a pattern interrupt, to stop, to do something different, just to drive yes. in, just to drive a new way home. There's one weird thing that I did and I got caught doing it. I was like, I was like, I walked into, I was in Las Vegas at the time, um, working with a, a Delphi village. They were trying, I don't know where they are. I haven't talked to them in a while, but they're planning on, making a permanent Burning Man, essentially, like a whole takeover. So I was really involved with that. I really wanted that to happen. It sounded extraordinary. But anyway, I'm going into the house and I've forgotten something. So I was in my car. I come back in the house. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to reverse out the house. So I grab my keys and I'm just walking backwards for no apparent reason, just to switch it up. And there's an, there's an overview, like kind of balcony thing. And the roommate is just looking down and just looking at me and it's like, Hey, that's like, it'd be so weird to see an individual do that. She didn't say anything. Just I walked away. I was like, Oh, that was odd. But really all it is, is just doing yeah. something different, breaks different. the pattern, allows yes. something else come in. And, and even the neurology, the way your mind yep. works is that it becomes, uh, you know, there's neuro, it's neuro connections, but then they become yep. neural nets. And so the yep. more it's like, if you have an addiction, it's like, I don't want to do it, but my body's doing it. It's that the neural net, the programming is really, really strong. So if you're able to just kind of like switch things up, break your pattern, break it a little bit, you will, yep. you make it a little bit easier to get out of the rigid, rigidity because it's your mind that becomes yep. rigid and you have to be able to stop it. So that's how I understood that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you were like so spot on, right? Just a different perception. So I always think about neural networks and, and default programming or autopilot as a path that you've walked over and over and over again. So I always encourage everyone who listens to me to try something new, especially at this time. We are recreating our entire existence in every single moment with every single decision. So uh, a couple of like cool things, like if you drive to work, drive to work a different route. You know, if you usually drink your water with your right hand the whole day, I want you to drink water with your left hand, switch it up, get the, the brain firing off different, you know, neuro, neurapses and things like that and creating those, those new, um, those new connections. Right. So, yeah. So we're definitely on the same page with that. Very cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I have an interesting story. I've said it once before, but I, my sister had a boss at Steve Nash and I talked to her a few times, a really nice person. And, uh, I was telling her that suggestion. She's like, yeah, I'm in a really big funk right now. You know, Rachel said you might be able to help me out. So we had a, a call and I was just getting to know her and I said, yeah, just like, you know, when you go home from work, just drive a different way. She's like, yeah it's so weird that you say that to me. I was like, why? She's like, I moved a year ago and she purposefully drives out of her way in the new house to drive her old route. <laughs> even in, she told me even in traffic, <laughs> even if there was traffic, I was like, oh what? <laughs> that is craziness. I was like, oh my goodness. So, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. a simple thing, but how our yeah. minds work and how we're experiencing things. And it allows like the universe to fill in the blank. And it's like, we're talking yeah. about, I don't know, like different timelines or experiences that we could have. Well, for me, like I can ground it out in understanding when I think about the universe being on my side, having a goal that I want to achieve, yes. trying to do that from a state of contentment and appreciation from where I am, um, but allowing like to be engaged in the mystery, set it up to the best of my ability and take yeah. action in enthusiasm, yeah. but it's like ignorant enthusiasm, you know what I mean? It's just like I am a like a just above a monkey dummy going around this like wild mystery <laughs> simulation, trying not to get hit by cars and just generally be uh, 
<laughs> ideally an okay human as I do this, but it allows the universe when you do this to plop something yeah. there for you. It's kind of like yeah. if we are in that video game, it's like, ooh, we've just done like a Super Mario you know, coin, yep. you open up that box and it could be a person or experience, but it's yep. always leading you in, in, in like, uh, like on a track. In the and intention I go, direction. Yeah. yeah. Someone was talking about like breadcrumbs. If you're inspired by the breadcrumbs you're getting and it just keeps popping up, you're going that way. You can't really take a wrong way. You just know if it doesn't feel good, then you can adjust that to something feeling better. You can get to a space where it feels better. And yeah, when I work with people, it's really like, you know, in reading all of the crazy stuff, it's like, what do you want? You know, getting really clear mm -hmm. uh, what it yeah. is that you want, because you probably haven't asked that question. So a little yeah. bit of skill set on how to clear your mind and break that neural programming, then how to set up that programming in a very simple way that you just haven't been taught. And it's simple ah. visualization, beliefs and things like that. But this isn't common and, you know, not to get into the whole education system, but it's, it's made that way for a reason. There's the reason why certain things are not taught and it's more about creating a worker um, than, you know, in a very empowered individually, uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, uh, you know, in, in all those different realms. And so it's up to us to take that education onto ourselves, that responsibility, because when you connect to who you are, how powerful you are, um, it's extraordinary. And one of the examples I'll use when um, working with somebody, usually the, the, once we finally get to like, oh, this is what I want, right? I was like, great. I was like, now nah, I apologize. I'm going to do this to you now. Um, just imagine I'm some sort of crazy interdimensional being. I've just showed up in your room and you realize that I am some sort of magical thing. Like, okay, I'm giving you this um, basic task mm -hmm. that you have to achieve your minimum financial viability, which is not that much, usually three grand to five grand. If you're really balling in, in materialism is your whole thing. You're probably not working with me. You know what I mean? But you know, it's fine to want all of that, but like really how, how do you want to wake up? What do you want to do? How do you want to experience mm -hmm. life? We only need, you know, at max like 10 grand. If you've got tons of stuff, maybe you can have more. That's not the point. But I say to them, I'm going to basically kill your dog or a loved one. If you don't succeed in a year, would you do it? And no one has ever said no. And at right. that point, they just ta tap into what just commitment is. If you commit and you connect with how powerful you are, not even in a crazy way, just in a very show up and do the work way, you know, and then you tap in with all of the magical stuff, it's going to happen. You just got to identify it and give yourself an opportunity. So I'm also hearing that. So any thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just nail on the head. I mean, that's that's everything that I talk about and, and try and empower as well. And I, I think the biggest missing piece within society right now is the disempowerment piece, right? It's like, oh, well, you know, school taught me this, or my boss is telling me this, or my wife wants me to be this way, you know? And it's like, we're blaming and constantly projecting all the time and not taking responsibility for everything in our life. But the second that you're like, well, if I create my own reality, just like quantum physics and the double slit experiment has proven that conscious observation creates this physical reality, if I do indeed create this reality and all of my greatest achievements are me and all of my greatest downfalls are me, you know, then you start to really take your power back and take full control over everything. Then, and only then can you say, what do I want? And what is, and I say my, to my clients the same thing. I'm like, let go of all of the limiting beliefs. Let go of everything. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. That's never going to happen. Let go of all of that for a second and just think about the most ideal life that you could ever live. Like what is the, the ultimate, the, that life, there's no limitations, but that's what you want. Great. 
that's what you can have. Now it's time to start gearing yourself towards that, right? And, and just like you mentioned, having that goal in mind is having that intention and knowing what you want is really the only thing that you need to know. And then everything else is going to weave to create that end goal. But you got to know what you want first. You can't just say, okay, universe, well, the universe is telling me this or the, that's still disempowering, but now you're just disempowering it to the universe. Oh, okay. I've put all the resumes out there. Choose the job for me. No, what job do you want? Don't just be open about it. And, and even like, it's, you know, one of my clients is like, oh, like, you know, I asked for abundance, Elizabeth, but I ended up getting an abundance of friends. You know, I'm like, okay, well, ask for the abundance that you want to receive, not the abundance just in general, you know, be specific about it. Really, truly ask for what you want and then feel it too. Vibrate with it, you know, sit with the feeling of that's already yours. You already have that because you're just hopping into a parallel reality. Anyway, so yeah, so cool. Awesome. It was, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and, and uh, we're definitely on that same page and it really feels like you're doing some really good work uh, for humanity. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, this is a very fascinating discussion. I know when I get to like time travel between Egypt and Jesus and Mandala effect, I was like, this is great. I was like, this is literally why I started the podcast because I'm just like talking to like two friends about this stuff. I was like, more people got to be asking these questions. And even just, you know, we've we talked about a lot of really intense things. And I just invite people to have an open mind and find their own experience. You know, like you might I don't know, you might have like um, a giraffe that's like this super giraffe. And you know what I mean? Maybe not all, all giraffes can be that super giraffe. Not all of us can be LeBron James. You know, not all of us can be, you know, Olympic gymnasts. Like we can, we can become proficient at it and that's okay. But the idea is to find who is uniquely you, your power, your connection with spirit, because we all have the exact same connection to spirit, the exact same uh, capabilities uh, to the universe and all of that kind of stuff to have an absolutely magnificent life experience. So just explore it in your own way and empower yourself. So, you know, what, uh, you know, Dolores Cannon, who did like quantum uh, healing hypnosis and path, past life regression. She's like, uh, what is she like? Just take it. like, what did she say? Like mind food or something? She's just like, just nibble on it. They would tell me something and I would just, you know, like, oh, this is like an interesting thing to think about, you know? So just process it in your own way. Um, but what I want to ask you is, is there anything that you wish that we had talked about? Is there anything that you want to um, cover before we go? The last question I would ask is if you're communicating with these beings, have they given us, uh, will they give us information on how to have peace? That's what I want to know. Mm. I want peace. Mm -hmm. They can, I know there's free will, but they can come in and influence peace. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, I deep dive into all of these topics and so much more on um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and I just started my own podcast as well, which is pretty cool. So I definitely look yeah. up to you in your podcast space. It's really awesome. And I love deep diving in my podcast as well, going to those, those levels that I don't necessarily go to in the live videos. So we've covered pretty much everything. And, you know, as far as your last question with peace, um, that's the whole point. But uh, because of the law of non-intervention, interdimensional beings are not allowed, the Galactic Federation are not allowed to intervene into our humanity to show us peace. We have to come up with that peace on our own. That has to be each and every one of us awakening, raising our vibration, understanding that war is not the answer, violence is not the answer, suffering is not the answer, and we're creating that suffering on this planet. So um, the more and more individual people wake up, the more peace 
peace we can have. It's not up to the aliens. It's definitely up to us. Oh, I love that. So where can people find more about you, your work? You're pretty easy to find, but let people know where they can find you. Yeah, um, pretty much just Elizabeth April. Uh, you can Google me and then check out my website, podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Um, definitely check it out. And uh, I've got tons of great courses and things that I'm putting out there right now. I'm trying to get away from the one-on-one -on -one sessions. I love working with clients, but um, it's just too... Uh, time intensive. Right? I've, I've got like five books, maybe six books on the go right now. And I've got like three courses and I'm working with Nassim on a quantum physics course for the summer, which is going to be cool. Um, so yeah, so definitely just check it out and uh, explore all of the free content that I have out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for all the information and mind blowing content you're putting out there and uh, just lots of love and respect and just enjoy the journey. And uh, I'll, I'll keep updated with all the I don't know. If something, if they let you know something important, you want to pass it down the line, let me know and uh, keep me in the yes. loop. But uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you everyone for watching. All right. See you guys. Peace. All right, guys, that wraps up that incredible episode with Elizabeth April. I hope that your brain is doing okay after that mind-bending podcast. So many rabbit holes we went down. Um, whenever we go down to rabbit holes to those degree, I invite you to do your own research. What questions did you have? What resonated with you? What do you want to do a little bit more research on? Um, just rattle it around in your own being and start doing some research. Um, explore your own reality, your own truths, your own own belief systems and find what works for you. It's all about personal empowerment, finding your own guiding principles, exploring reality and life and consciousness in your own way. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please share. Let us know where you're listening. Support the show. Um, I think that's about it. So thank you guys so much for your support and being here. And before we wrap it up, I invite you guys all to come to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with joy peace contentment empowerment connection and ready to take on the rest of the day so thank you so much for listening and i will see you in the next episode